This episode of the School of Labs podcast is brought to you by Patreon sponsor Gina Medlin. If you'd like to find out how you can sponsor the podcast through a small monthly donation, just log on to www.schooloflabs.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Gina. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflabs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. Rick Roberts here. Thanks again to Gina Medlin for supporting us through Patreon. Uh, she's at the $7 a month level, which means she is now a member of Club 52, which is a weekly email comedy challenge focused around your writing, your business, or your performing of comedy. And she's part of our monthly Google Hangouts, where she gets to chime in to the Google Hangout with any questions she has, including the stuff that we're covering in Club 52. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Just want to let you guys know the next Google Hangout is scheduled for September 17th. That's a Saturday between 1 and 2 p.m. September 17th, 1 to 2 p.m. That's for all the Patreon supporters from the $7 and up level. And thanks to John Charlton out there who is at the $20 a month level. Couldn't thank you enough for uh, supporting the podcast. I'm about halfway to my goal for the sponsorship. So if you've been on the fence for a while and you're wondering whether you should jump in or jump out or jump ship or what have you, um, I'm going to let it roll through the next month or two. And then if there's enough support at the end of the year, we'll keep it going. If not, we'll fold up shop and move along. Uh, but I'll still continue the Club 52 and the Google Hangouts with those people that are already supporting through Patreon throughout the course of the 52 weeks. Anywho, enough about that. Uh, this week, a lot of fun. Got my two buddies back in here, John Wellington, Johnny W., and Brian Bates. Last week, if you listen to the podcast, we threw out some ideas or some jokes, kind of walked through what we thought were the punchlines, and I challenged these guys to get a quick recording of a couple or two or three shows or however however often they got it out there on stage and bring it back in, and we listened to those, and we got the most recent from Johnny, the most recent from Brian, and then I kind of give you my two takes on the joke in front of live audiences. Then we kind of help each other uh, chisel away at what doesn't need to be there. A lot of times new jokes have some extra verbiage that's just taking up space. Then we maybe take it a couple of different directions as far as where we go now, now that we know how the joke gets a response from the crowd. So fun episode. And also at the end of the episode, uh, Johnny W. tells us a little bit about his process for recording his DVD, what he wished he would have done differently. And it's out now. So I'll tell you how to get a hold of that if you'd like. So let's jump right in this week's podcast, the part two of Premise, Premise, Premise on the School of Laughs. We've got Brian Bates and Johnny W. here to kind of get the results of those jokes we brainstormed on last week's podcast. Fellas, how you guys doing? Good. Good. So uh, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, this is the one time I would say go maybe go back and listen to that one so this one makes more sense. But we had three joke ideas. Johnny, what's the name of your joke? Uh, I call it uh, Church Nursery. That's what I've kind of titled it. All right. So Johnny's joke was about volunteering at a church nursery. Yeah. What did you title your joke, Brian? Uh, critters. Critters. All right. And uh, mine was uh, about a 3D printer, but the title of it now is Clog a Nozzle. So we're going to go with that. And all these jokes, we you know we kind of brainstormed here. I think maybe you'd done your joke maybe once or twice, yeah. just loosely. Brian's was, I think, right off the page, right? Yep. And then my joke, I had it in the back of my head for a while, but never 
found the spot for it on stage. Now I've got a spot for it and got a chance to try it out. So with that being said, uh, Johnny, you want to dive into your joke first? Sure. And we'll just take a quick listen. Uh, this is all about Johnny volunteering in a church nursery. I actually volunteer at my church still when we're off the road. Like I, I'm full-time comedy, but man, when we're home, I like to be involved in my church on Sunday. We volunteer at the nursery. Anybody work within the nursery at your church? Tell you what, if you're thinking of dipping your toe in the water. Can I say right there, do you think you'll tighten up that front end a little bit? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a little superfluous. Oh, plus, we just said church nursery like three times each. Yeah. So, before you hit play. But yeah. I think you could say, I like yeah. to volunteer at my church nursery when I'm home. Right. Yeah. That's where you want to go. Go to the nursery because these babies <laughs> cannot rat you out if it all goes wrong. <laughs> if you're a parent, I hang you back a crying baby. It's like, look, maybe I dropped it. Maybe he's a brat. And my church is a sticker church. I don't know if you go to a sticker church. It's like a security thing. They put a sticker on the kid's back when you check them in. And then the parent gets a little piece of paper that corresponds with that code on it. It's a weird transaction, though. You see a, a visitor come to your church, you're like, look, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's a sticker. Hand me your baby. It's a weird <laughs> But that sticker thing, we tell a hard line because parents forget things. And if I have a parent come back when I'm working the nursery and they don't have that piece of paper, I'm like, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're keeping it. Uh, he works with the Lord now. Uh, it's like, come on, man, you know me. That's my son. You're like, look, without the receipt, sir. <laughs> Best I can do is store credit. So you can just, if you want to pick out somebody in the back whose sticker fell off, and you can, and you can fool your wife. Wouldn't it? I like that one. Pick a kitty sticker fell off. Cause yeah, I think th- we talked about that uh, when we were going over things, like that that was maybe a funny tag. Or- so what do you like about that joke so far? I mean, obviously it's working, so that's something to like, right? Yeah, the surprise was, uh, I think I did it three times over the course of a weekend. I was out with another comic as an opener, and so the crowds were great. You could tell there's a lot of people there. It's, it's a guy who does ticketed events, and so I was like, this is a great chance to try this out with probably a friendly audience. And so I kind of explored more. One of the things I noticed from show two to show three that was for sure something I wanted to do was I was getting a a laugh when I say, look, sir, without the receipt, huge pause and let them laugh at that, which I would have just I normally would just blaze through that right. without the receipt. The best I can do store credit. So but I would notice. In show two, like, oh, I stepped on that. They were ready to laugh when I say without the receipt. So when I, so that was the last one that you're playing now is that I paused on receipt. And I, that was a laugh I did not expect to be there. Do you think if you paused after the best I can do as well and let another maybe, little? Maybe, maybe, could be. Because uh, that way they'd start thinking in their head, like, what, what is the best they can do? And then they, if they think store credit and you say it, it might even yeah, be Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Well, sometimes that's the quick, I mean, every comedian knows this, but when you try in a new bit, the thing that you are most likely to do is hurry through the premise because you're like, I know the punchline's funny, but I got, and the premise is important because they, there's facts in there they need to establish the world that you're creating. So the punchline hits as hard. So that I really tried to focus on slowing myself down. I have kind of a faster than anyway, but I really tried to focus on like, where are the beats? Where do the, where are the beats going to end up being six months from now? Let's try to put them there now if I can and kind of do some pre-polish a little bit, you know? So I think it was good. It's a great start. So it's still working. I still do the bit now. It's even bit, it's even better now. So I think it's. Kind I'm of surprised good. there wasn't any kind of groan at all when you said maybe I dropped him because that, like I'd yeah. expect 
if there was going to be any kind of like thing like dropping a kid is like right. you, you did pick the worst thing you could do like maybe <laughs> right. I dropped him but, right uh and then later on i did admit in my show that i don't even have children so if they already knew that it probably would get a groan yeah maybe so like maybe they assume that i'm saying that but oh he's got kids like us he gets it he's and then later on they can they can't project back like wait a minute he's talking about dropping kids he doesn't have a kid right so yeah i actually i actually have opened some shows with that bit um, and done okay with it. So I don't know. It's good to move it around like that and see mm-hmm. how strong it is. Yeah. And then I'll see you put in the Carly Ray Jespin line that we talked about, which is very funny. Yeah. Yeah. You reminded me that I had a tweet about working in a church nursery. I put like, here's a, here's a sticker, hand me your baby. And it was just a tweet. Carly Ray Jepsen. Like it was a quote from her. If Carly Ray Jepsen works in your, in your church nursery. And, uh, yeah, you reminded me that I mean, maybe you should just say it out in the, st- I was like, I'd never said it on stage. So, but it was a good place for it. So yeah, great laugh. Yeah. It worked out good. Now on the, uh, when you say, how did you phrase it in the joke? Dipping your, if you guys are thinking about dipping your toes in the water. Yeah. Now I found it interesting that they followed your logic. Cause you, you meant, I mean, you're trying to say dipping your toes in the water, volunteering at church. Right. Volunteering at church. So I, that was unsaid, even though it was. Assumed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that could be a little bit uh, confusing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, that's something I probably need to need to clean up. Um, and then the Carly Ray thing. Even now, I say uh, here's a number because they're getting a number. There you go. So I say here's a number. Hand me your baby. I don't say here's my here's a sticker because uh, I've already said sticker in part of the premise, so it's going to hit less hard anyway. Right. And numbers closer to the real line of the song. Right. So yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's already getting a little bit better each time. So that's what you want. What else do you want to do with it? Do you, have you got some other taglines you're thinking or moving it even even further? Or I don't know. Um, gosh, I mean that's we talked recently, like having more church volunteer material in general, right? That's something. Yeah, you want that's to do. something I do a lot of now. Is um, like churches try to do an event once a year now. A lot of them to because they have people that volunteer at their church in different departments, and then they're like, well, let's say thank you, and they'll throw them a dinner and get pan lasagna and it's just like great i had to get a sitter for this but now a lot of people a lot of churches starting to bring in comedians and make it a fun night right so i worked at a church for five years uh on staff did everything from cleaning toilets to being young adults pastor so i kind of bring some of that experience to bear and i kind of tie my jokes into that so i'll say who's on the worship team and then whatever and i'll go into my chunk about that right and i heard you were at that church for a couple more years that didn't work but for five of the years it did work for five years yeah, yeah. it did work. Yeah. Right. took a little while to figure out you know, dip your toes in the water I'm, yeah he's still on the payroll what's going on i always feel bad for the volunteers that had to make the lasagna at the volunteer dinner. right that is the weird thing when you show up and like i have media in my show and so some guy has to run sound for me for their volunteer and i'm like i'm sorry sometimes they'll like make the youth pastor do it or somebody yeah. that's on paid staff will have to and then he bought, he butchers it terribly because yeah. he's not used to those buttons or whatever. <laughs> those are fun. Oh, cool. Brian, what did you hear in there? Anything where you would take that joke or? Well, I take it. Yeah. I think I will. Well, Johnny and I are on different circuits. So he'll never know. Uh, when you clean toilets, did you kind of dip your toe in the water? I did. I did my. <laughs> just, just enough. Yeah. Just enough to know that I didn't want to do it again. He had an anointed toe. That's right. That's what they called him, the old AT. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean, that joke. Sounded great. I mean, I question whether he didn't dub in the laughter because there's. <laughs> I, I had to actually erase a lot of the laughter, Brian. It was really it, it cluttered his voice, so I had to put on a filter. I too agree with you about why aren't there groans about dropping a baby? And if you have the right audio equipment, uh, <laughs> maybe you can do that. Well, you know something about that that's true is uh, I was out with a guy who uh, 
does time before me. So I wasn't a cold open. And it's somebody who it's a ticketed thing. They've, and he crossed Tim Hawkins. Everybody knows Tim who it is. he crossed a lot yeah. of lines. So he, he'll cross, he'll push a lot of envelope anyway. And he'll say some things that will be, he'll drop grandma. When you look, yeah, dropping a baby, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. It's like, he'll, he'll say something that's maybe borderline mean spirited, but it's in fun. So maybe that there is a, a true proving ground would be like, let's do 10 shows without that. Yeah. See how yeah. it goes. See, maybe it will get a grow in some places, you know? Um, uh, yeah, I would guess if you were on your own cold open, yeah. And you open with that joke and you drop the baby. Probably they would get it grown, whereas yeah. deeper in your show, either by yourself or with somebody else open, and they've kind of got sure. got the idea, okay, we can laugh about whatever. Yeah. Not that it's so horrific. Let's just, I, was, I know how picky people can be, and if they were going right. to pick on anything, but um, it seemed to work pretty well there. Drop the imaginary baby in the comedy bit. It's very offensive. Yeah. And if you do, don't tell the crowd that that was an imaginary baby. I've, I don't know how many times I've seen a comic like do something to an imaginary dog. That was an imaginary. Yes, it, of course it was an imaginary dog. You don't have to tell us yeah. that that thing that's not there isn't there. I agree. That's such a hacky person. Or say, oh, that's what you turned on me on? I yeah. about, of all yeah. the jokes. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you laughed at the Hitler Tim Tim been dropping his grandma, but that's what you turned on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think that you're right. I think Moving it around is fun anyway because you can kind of see like – you can gauge how like there's a there's a sense of goodwill that you want to have with an audience, not so that you can get away with more, but just so they have a good time. But you also are gauging it to go, OK, they liked this and this is going to be OK, too. You're always moving things. I always move things around the back of my mind anyway. Like, well, that would got a groan. So I know they're going to hate this. Yeah. And I'll just discard it, you know. Sometimes, or you just run them into the ground. I just start, depending yeah. On, yeah, depending on <laughs> if I, I don't like the crowd. I, I don't have goodwill towards them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Then I just go into your material. It's a huge, it's a huge plus. That's a different, different, definitely a different way to bring him down. <laughs> you didn't like my stuff? Well, you're definitely not going to like his stuff. <laughs> well, it sounded pretty good overall. Yeah, I'm looking thanks. forward to hearing more about it. And then also, I just thought, you know, it, it's also one of those jokes uh, that could float around in your set. It could be wherever. And it might be something where, you know, you don't plan on doing every show, but if since you do churches and sometimes there's a kid crying in the background. Yeah. It's a great way to like segue into it. Like you thought of it off the cuff. Like, Oh, I heard it, baby. You know what? I just want to, the other day I was volunteering at my church nursery. It's weird. And yeah. you kind of jump in and out like it, what they're like, well, that wasn't playing. He just riffed on that baby. Yeah. And, and, or you could even do it as a callback. Like if there is a crime baby that, you know, you could say like, did his sticker fall off or whatever you can yeah. call back a bit. Yeah. Why are you here, kid? Yeah. Now. And then as far as taking it to a different place, like I, I can almost see like, Wives needing stickers for their husband when they drop them off at a football game or yeah. tailgating or, or husbands needing stickers for their wife when they drop them off at the mall. Like if you want to just transfer the logic to a different situation. Yeah, or like an older relative that you drop off or whatever. Like that. You go to the dark places immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just without a doubt. <laughs> Grandpa's never walking back home. <laughs> That's Johnny W. for you. Very good. One of the top Christian comics in America. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. So it just shows you the level of forgiveness up in <laughs> up in heaven if Johnny can still get gigs. Yeah, I'm sorry. As he's wearing a shirt with Hellfire on it. Okay, great. Uh, Brian Bates is in the room. Brian, how's it going, buddy? Good. Now, I've got your joke, which uh, we brainstormed. I listened back to it. We brainstormed 10 solid minutes probably on different places you could take it. <laughs> and you did take it to a couple of the places. So let's jump in here before I, I play. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I tried a lot. of when, when I was on before, I think the premise kind of the joke was there's a, the friend who always tells me why I should keep something. I mentioned spiders, snakes, and then a murderer in my neighborhood. And I found that um, 
some of that it was just so long that it just seemed like it wasn't getting the laughs that that were hitting like I liked. So I thought I need to kind of shorten this up and uh Johnny suggested the white recluse line which I hated because now everyone comes up to me after shows and say, man, I love that white recluse line. Yeah. And that's the only thing they remember. So <laughs> I really hate the joke altogether because of, because of that. I don't even want to do it, but I had to do it for, so anyway, this particular time, uh, I thought, let me try shortening up that premise and just get to that. So, and I, so this particular clip you're going to hear, you hear me stumbling off the top because I've never quite said it like this. And so it takes me a little bit to get into it and then it, and then it kind of hits. Okay. I would agree with that. Let's take a little <laughs> listen here. It, well, I, I think I kind of like 28 seconds to get to it. Oh boy. Thanks, so Rick. let's see Johnny. We can listen as we go and see if there's a way we can help tighten start. it up. I uh, just had a call exterminator for uh, kill some, some bugs in my house. I always get that one friend who tells me why I should keep That last line was the Wi-Fi line. Yeah, say that one uh, in case it didn't. Is hear he it. dangerous? Um, no, not unless his Wi-Fi goes out. There you go. All right, so I, it was. It did take a little while to get there. So I was just thinking as I was listening to it, you could basically set it up and say, "I've shortened it up a lot since then." What? How do you go with the setup now? Then, just I have a friend that always tells me why I should keep keep something. I have found a spider in my house. I was worried it was a brown recluse, and he said. Probably just a house. It, or if, let me ask you all this. Is there a house spider or is, it, is that even a thing? Or is yeah, it a, a house spider is a thing. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe I just grew up in the South and that's what we Well, we, we had trailer spiders. Trailer spiders. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. had mobile spiders. They're the dangerous because they follow you. And then I say, uh, he said, don't kill it. You know, it eats flies and insects. And I said, is it dangerous? He's like, no, if you don't bother him, it won't bother you. And now I kind of mirror the joke, and then I say, "So I kept him, but now I look over and I think I start thinking, what does this guy? What does he think of me?" Right. And then I do the white recluse line, which always gets a big laugh. And then I keep the part where the friend says, "Is he dangerous?" No. Well, sad mostly. Right. I think your the punchlines and taglines work fine. And, then, and yeah. then I do the and then the spider says, "He won't bother you unless you bother him." Right. I think. I just think that front end. Um, gosh, I don't even know if you need to say. I have a friend that always tells me to try to keep things instead of throwing them away or getting rid of them. I, I just put the friend in your house and say, a friend was over at my house and I saw a spider. I'm like, dude, is that a brown recluse? Mm-hmm. And you, then you're right there. I mean, do you think you need to say brown recluse even? You say you could say poisonous. I not know if it was poisonous or not. Because if you say brown recluse, you're almost tipping, you're tipping the bit a little bit. Really? See, I, I kind of... You, you think you would get this big, as big a laugh or more if you just said white recluse out of nowhere? That's interesting. I, I, I could try it that way. I felt like... The contrast makes it funnier after I mentioned brown recluse. I, I felt like it needed to plant a little bit of a seed. So when you hear white recluse. It, yeah. It, no, I, I think it would be worth testing because you yeah. never know. Sometimes yeah. the freshness of it makes it a bigger laugh. But also, I, I don't know what the comedy term is. I just call them echoes. Yeah. Well, I'll either say yeah. something in a rhythm yeah. or say a certain word so that when I switch the word, like it's it's extra, it works better sometimes that yeah. way. Then other times it is important to get rid of the words so they don't hear it. Mm-hmm. But I think – 
I'd be interested. I would maybe we'll follow I'll up down the like road. That, but I, I kind of feel like it needed Brown Recluse to plant that seed. I think it helps it, but I'd be curious to see if you can yeah. get away without it. Yeah. But you would just need to say, is this a is that a poisonous spider? Yeah, I think the only. I mean, I only think uh, people know of two poisonous spiders: a black widow and a brown recluse. Mm-hmm. So I think if you say poisonous, it's already planted. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. Like the rhythm, though, as far as yeah. uh, there's a little give and take. There is, and it's just that you know I've got one in my show where I talk about. When I pull the cop over, I'm like, I'm just pounding on his window, right. and he's loading the revolver, right. and it's just that echo of it. I yeah. call it. Yeah. It just it draws attention to it, mm-hmm. and then when you say it, you know, they're like, oh, he replaced that one thing with that. Right. So it might help, but if you can get away without it, I'd be curious, you know. And, and you'd probably have to do it several times. I think tightening up the first part is going to make everything stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I mean, you would lose that line where you say, "How dirty do you think my house is?" If the guy's right there. Yeah, I agree. But it might get you – I mean, if that saves you 10 seconds, the, the separation from the premise to the first punchline is a lot tighter. Yeah. Be worth trying out. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's great. What, where else, what else are you thinking about that? Well, now I'm thinking more like – I mean, kind of that and like <laughs> the spider. Like, So now we just share the place, and he knows what's – we we'll occasionally glance over and look at each other. You know, I, I'm more, more about what he's thinking. Like, you know, was he trying to do suicide by – like he's trying to, you know, because he just spread his webs everywhere, and I just let it go. Right, you know, like suicide by cop is pretty, pretty dark. But <laughs> you know, Charlotte's web, he's like, kill me, and I just let him go. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like yeah. a riding spider moves in, you know. Yeah, I think it's funny. Like you spend your weekends watching Charlotte's web with him. That's <laughs> <laughs> his favorite movie. Yeah, I think that would be. I'd be curious if that didn't. When if that didn't get pick, a laugh, the crowd is. He gets to pick the Netflix, and I'm as you get to pick. You know? Yeah, I think it'd be just fun to think about. He's pushing my limits, just see how far he can get away with. <laughs> he it. got a little sick last week, so I pulled up WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> I know Johnny likes that. <laughs> Any wordplay, I'll take. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, bottom line is, the better this joke does, the more I'll have to live my career knowing that Johnny gave me my best joke. And, and that WebMD is gonna be solid second. It is a nightmare because then you have to look at somebody and you have to say thank you. What a nightmare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hold I, my I, baby. I no, but if you seriously, I, I like the idea of him getting sick and you have to go to WebMD. That's just a funny, it's <laughs> <laughs> a funny throwaway. I think it's hilarious. Like the web, you notice the webs are a little bit, I guess you wouldn't say web because you want to keep it a little bit he of a surprise. a little down so I went to WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't seen him lately. He was kind of limping around the house. So I went, accidentally stepped on him. Didn't know how to help a spider so went to WebMD. <laughs> It's definitely a throwaway line. Yeah. Well, oh, well, throw, it, throw away. it away to your next CD. Yeah. That's that's showtime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea. I mean, I, I like that kind of stuff. Like I was listening to uh, an old Ellen bit where she she's so good at creating a, an alternate universe that's so ridiculous and you just accept it and it gets more and more funny. She has a thing about her cat being in heat and she says like the cat's trying to get in, get into the house and, and – uh, Cat, other other cats are trying to get in the house. Male cats are outside. They know. And he's like, one of them shows up in a UPS uniform. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> thing's hanging off of you. <laughs> right. And then later on, she's like, the cat, like, tucks his tail, runs away, gets in there. He's stripping out the gears. He can't drive that. Like, it's just so funny that she stays with it. Yeah. He literally got into the truck and drove it away. And you just, you don't buy it, but you're you're along for the ride anyway. Right. You know? Yeah, I take a special, because that's so absurd <laughs> yeah. that you're not trying to make anyone believe it. But yet, you got to be really talented to pull that off. Well, you could, I mean, it's just the talent is in the joke structure. And then you yeah. just deliver. No, I'm not saying I'm not talented. I'm super talented. Enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know if Johnny could do it. talented like me. Yeah. I just hope that joke works before your granddaddy long legs. We'll see. That's the ultimate tag. Keep it real. That's the ultimate, yeah. That's when you know. He's a garden, he's, a, he's a garden recluse. 
All right, I'm ready to take my punishment. Uh, this is my joke, and uh, I'm, I'm fairly happy with it, and now I'm just going to try to see where I can tweak it, tighten it up. So listen with the same ears, and I'll see if I can get it to play here. And Here we go. I was reading the news the other day. They got, uh, have you heard about this, 3D printers? Yeah. This is the craziest thing. I, I read in the medical journal, I was at the doctor's office just reading through it, they can print out like skin grafts to help people that have you know, been in a fire. And that one little kid's got a kidney. They print it out on a printer. And if they can get a couple of lungs out of there, I'm right back to smoking. <laughs> I, you, I mean, it's been 15 long years. I'm ready for a Marlboro. <laughs> All right, that was actually the wrong clip. <laughs> actually, that, that was the first time I tried it. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to put out a little sample to see if they bought into it. And I realized the premise was a little bit long. Mm-hmm. The setup was a little bit... Uh, crowded, I will say. So I did it a second time, and let's listen to that. I mean, have you heard about 3D printers? 3D printers, they've actually been able to print out custom-made prosthetics for people who have been in accidents. Uh, they printed out a liver for a nine-year-old kid that functions, and if they can knock out a couple of lungs, I'm right back to smoking. I mean, I'll take me a Winston and an Epson. Let's go right now. I mean, isn't that crazy that they can get a liver that works, and I can't even get both sides of my March Madness bracket on the same sheet of paper? I don't think doctors should use that, but it's not for everybody. You don't want that in your office place, right? You don't want Glenn from accounting sitting on that thing. Printing out dupes of his gluteus maximus, you know? That's going to clog a nozzle right there. All right, so there, so there we go, the second version of it. Uh, I didn't know we were supposed to bring our good version. <laughs> well, I missed, yeah, I misplayed the, the first version. So I had two shots at it. Yeah. Uh, hurt me. What's, what do I need to fix? I'm curious, when you ask, have you, do you guys, what is it you say? Have you seen? Have you heard about 3D printers? Because no one responded on that. Did they nod or anything? Or and When I say, have you heard about 3D printers, it's kind of rhetorical, so I still need to switch that. But yeah. I find technology amazing, especially these neat 3D printers. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to say, then explain it a little bit. Right. But I don't need to ask a question. I agree on that. Yeah. I like the Winston Epson. Thank you. That was my. Yeah. Like you, you got to, you had to pick a cigarette that sounded, that kind of sounded like a, a printer name. Yeah. I went through them all like Canon and Kodak and yeah. all these different, eight, Hewlett Packard back. And I played with a, a pack of this and a Hewlett Packard. Yeah. But uh, Epson and Winston, I thought. So far, it's worked. Yeah. But I'd be open to trying something different if something popped in your mind. No, no, it's good. I, I was surprised by that. It was a good uh, – I like wordplay like that, so it's good. Um, yeah, um, the – what was the part that you – go ahead. The uh, March Madness bracket, I was trying to think of – I mean, you, for someone like you who's not in an office setting, there's only so many reasons you'd be using a, a printer. You're not going to be – doing two sides of a resume i guess well i mean i'm putting myself in audiences right like how can i connect this 3d printer in something that they can relate to most of the people in the audience i assume would be in an office so i'll try to take it to their spot like office pools then glenn from accounting yeah i just wonder if there is something that i mean i guess you're right most people will relate to that some but uh i was trying to think of something even more universal for people in office the only thing that we had that you haven't really explored with it is common things that happen you said clog a nozzle but like common things that would happen to a regular printer mm-hmm. is that going to start happening with 3d printers i think that's the next frontier of the joke it's like because we talked about jam 
Yeah. Printer jams. Yeah, I think where I would take it next would the be. 3D printer jams. Like, what is that like? What happens? Right. Is it like Jeff Goldblum in the fly or like what What comes out? Yeah. You, know? yeah, you get halfway through a project that yeah. now I got to go to Walmart and pick up some more skin or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. When you clean out from working in the office, you have a paper jam, you'll feel like you've taken out everything. And you're like, I don't see what is, but it still says jam. You're like, you finally just have to accept it. Like, mm-hmm. but if you're putting on a body part, right. there's something wrong with this. I can't find out what, but it says, oh, well, I guess I'll put it in my body. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to seeing where I can take it, what we can print out, and just keep my antennas up. And if there's for close to a holiday season, maybe make print out this for Christmas, or yeah. if we're close to a certain event where I could see printing out something, maybe make that the rotating extra punchline or extra mm-hmm. tagline, and switch it out depending on what time of year it was. Well, and it's 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 interesting too. I think it'll be a fresh thing for more absurd punchlines and more absurd places to go for a while because they're known. But there's so many unknowns that you, you know what I'm saying? Like you have mm-hmm. to paint, the, you can paint a really strange picture because it's not like everybody has one in their house yet. So you still can go in really absurd places. Right. With it. And I thought too, as, a, as an opportunity to improvise with the crowd, but I got to be careful where I ask, but you know, what would you use a 3D printer for? And I'm sure different people in the audience would come up with some funny things. Mm-hmm. And even if it didn't suit my show, I could probably you know, put a kibosh on it right there and get a big laugh, you know, but there's, if I do that probably over the course of 10 or 20 shows, I might get one or two things that would actually be a great line yeah. and can use that as a permanent punchline. But I like to leave little improv openings like that to, to see where you can take it on the fly. Yeah. If you just said, can keep it clean or, or one little line that basically says, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Don't. And that would get a laugh from you and maybe it would keep people from yeah, probably it would squash it right there. Probably. All right. Hmm. All right. So I call that one clog a nozzle. Clog a nozzle. <laughs> clog, that'll clog a nozzle. <laughs> I sat in the hot tub for about 20 minutes trying to get that last line. I'm like, because I, I, I wanted some kind of yeah. nice punch at the end, but That's clog a, a nozzle. That'll be a t shirt by December. Just in time for Black Friday. Clog, clog a nozzle. I can just print them out. That's right. I'll do a white recluse t shirt. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a white recluse t shirt by the end of the year, let's just call it a quit. Tell me what it should say. I'm a. White recluse. That's all it has to say. If should you want to put a spider web in the back, yeah, I was going to ask, should there be a design? Uh, oh, could it be like a far side cartoon where the spider's on the other room and it's, it's him talking about the, you know, like a one cell cartoon. That's why I saw it. Yeah, you might actually want to get somebody to, to mock that up. And then you that could be your meme that every every Monday we see what the spider and Brian are up to. Oh, that's true. That's oh, we're on to something now. You know, then at the end of a year, you've got a book, 52 page book, and you incrementally built that book. Yeah. Johnny, you get his 10%? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Where's my my cut, man? (laughs) That's all right. Cool, guys. Well, thanks for uh, bringing some honest clips. Nothing tells you how it's working like the audience. And even though we were all in three different places, we were able to pull that together. Again, if you listened last week, you know that I'm looking for a couple of listeners who are out there hitting it every week that would like to record a Google Hangout with me. We'll do some ideas just like Johnny and, and Brian did here with me. But we'll do that with some listeners that haven't been on the podcast yet. Only if you know for sure you can get that joke out in the open and try it a few times and, and get me a quality audio file. It doesn't have to be phenomenal, but at least a, a decent sounding clip of that joke in progress. And we'll do another episode like this in the next couple of months. Uh, and just if you're interested in that, shoot me an email, schoolofglass at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put guinea pig. And if you can't spell guinea pig, put joke tester. All right. Johnny, where are you up? To? Oh. While you're in here, real quick, Johnny's yeah. DVD just came out, and yes. today, 
today. Today. And I'll link to it in the show notes to the previous podcast where you're getting ready to yeah. pick the venue and all that stuff. All right. So uh, you can hear how that process went on the front end. Real quickly, if you don't mind, sure. uh, tell us a little bit about the DVD and then also a couple things you learned in the process. I don't, I don't want to Yeah, because I know you just re-released that one when we were talking about, I saw that today on my Twitter feed that you were showing that episode. I was like, yeah, I've. I actually thought that. I thought, well, there's so much I've learned since then. Yeah, and I learned too. Yeah. Uh, and I, if you haven't kept track, uh, I, I sandbagged it a little bit. I was going to open for you on both shows, and my flight was eight hours late. Yeah. And I missed the first show. But outside of that, picking a better opener, uh-huh. <laughs> what would you have changed <laughs> in that process? Uh, gosh, there was. Um, I did not anticipate how crazy I would be running around that day, um, uh, and so I. I tried to get ready uh, as much as I could as far as, like, make sure I knew exactly what my set list was going to be and all that. But there were things that day that uh, just – we got into the venue a little bit later than we wanted to. But still early. Tell them how early you got to the venue. We got to the venue at we noon or 1 o'clock, and there were, but there was a 5 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show. And we had to, like, hang cables, and we were hanging audience microphones. So we had to get a boom lift out, and there were all kinds of things like that. So there were, there were complications. Um, but – the stress having a lot of people around was good that that were willing to help but sometimes it's like too many like you they want to help but they're really kind of just in the way yeah and they're friends but you just go like i need to go decompress somewhere there's nowhere to go and i think i would have uh i would have changed that a little bit obviously like i don't think it added that much stress when you couldn't make it the first show but it was like a i felt more bad for you because i know that you were trying to get a good tape too and i I wanted that for you so i was like oh this is he he was gonna have two good audiences and whatever but uh, my friend Marty was there. He filled in. He was already kind of instructing the crowd and doing that stuff. So that was a little the hard part. Is he had to then transition into like now I'm going to be the funny guy. I've been a little bit of the heavy. So that was a little hard on him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I felt good about it. The shows were the first show was a fundraiser kind of a vibe. So people were in there uh, who had bought tickets who I didn't know. They didn't necessarily even know who I was, and uh, they were the stiffer of the two audiences. Both audiences were good. But that was definitely the stiffer of the two, um, and uh, it's five o'clock, so it's still daylight out and all that. We had all those challenges. Right. Comedy's a nighttime sport, uh, usually. Uh, but then hiring the right audio guy was—I felt like what saved the project. There were some video complications we had where we didn't have a good head-to-foot shot. We didn't real—I didn't realize it until we were doing the live switch. Second show comes around, my buddy Marty, who's there to kind of just ask a million questions and, and help me out. And and he actually walked over to the guy who was live mixing and live switching. So he has all the cameras and the little boxes on his screen. And he's like, where's the, is there not a head to foot to shot? And Jeffrey was like, my director was like, oh, wow. And he ran and got another camera and set it up to get the head to foot. Well, then that camera, they had an old, you know, cheaper lens on it and it wasn't set. And there was nobody manning that camera. Uh-huh. It ended up falling out of focus. We, did, we didn't end up with like the classic head to foot shot. When I watch the clips, I don't truly miss it. There's a million others. I mean, we have five cameras. Right. But that bugs me just knowing what a special looks like that I've seen. Yeah. So the video, that's the thing that bugs me. Audio was pretty much rescued to me by the sound engineer that I paid a ton of money. Besides my video guy, I hired out a separate audio guy. And I felt like that saved the project. I was really cognizant of, like, I wanted a good project for XM. Mm-hmm. And so I, the audio was more important to me than even the video. And we did. We, I felt like we got it. So that was huge. What about the boom mic in the back, uh, or what's it called? The from the 
didn't you say there was one mic that you realized wasn't crucial if you didn't have to have it? The, the oh, back of the, no, the jib, the jib mic, yeah, the jib camera, yeah. The camera yeah. There's uh, that's one thing that I would definitely do different. Good, thanks for mentioning that because I see specials sometimes and they have a jib. It's like a close-up jib that has focus on it. I wanted a jib in the back to kind of show the size of the room, mm-hmm. kind of your cool like Academy Awards sweeping shot of like the venue because it's a really beautiful theater. We realized in the editing process that it was very useless. I couldn't use it. I could only use it as a transition right? because I didn't want it on there because I'm so far away in that shot that I didn't want to use it if I'm talking at all. So even if I'm setting up a joke and it's not even important what I'm saying, it totally took away. We used maybe two minutes of it. Well, I spent probably $1,000 on that element of the taping. Right. And I would just, I would do nothing like that now. I would have a good shot from the back that was a maybe a, on a slider or whatever. It might be a motion shot, but it was not important at all. So if you're thinking of doing a taping and you're thinking, it'd be cool to have a jib like I saw in Brian Regan's taping, trust me, when you go to look at it, you're going to realize it's, it's not, it doesn't fit comedy. It fits music. More than comedy. Yeah, if it's football, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, and as, it does give it that extra element. You're like, wow, but it doesn't look natural yeah. in the long run. And it, we both talked before, like, it was a cool thing to have, but it, <laughs> really, it does kind of stand out as like, look, they so they got an extra camera kind of yeah. thing. It's like, look, we got it. So a thousand bucks, you could put that somewhere else. Right. Maybe a little RV you can pull up outside to get some quiet time. But it was a, yeah, that's right. It was a good lesson, though. And I was, you know, filming at home was a challenge. That I thought was going to be like, well, all my people who supported me coming up, they can come to this. And But then I have some jokes where I'm painting a picture and then I'll pull the rug out from under you. Well, if if you have a crowd of 300 and 80 of them have seen you before, you're not going to get the same punch. Right. And so we didn't sweeten, but we definitely – I was glad we had six mics in the room mm-hmm. that we could pull from the pockets of people who had not heard my show. Otherwise, it would have – I would have been like, why did we film in my hometown? Right. You know? So I would have, I would suggest not filming in your hometown if you can avoid it. You know, John John Reap ran into that. He did his Netflix special. I saw John Reap at Side Splitters, did five, did five shows with him over a weekend, and I never saw a club headliner destroy like him. And I couldn't wait to watch his Netflix special when it came out. And it was very so-so. And he shot it in Hickory, his hometown. Yeah. And all of them are shouting out Hickory between the setups. And he just, right. and he had to deal with Netflix and he put it out. But it was like, he was, I've heard him talk to a friend of mine mm-hmm. who opened for him since then. And he goes, it was a huge bummer. Yeah. You know, it was a mistake to go home. So. Now, uh, let's go back to like, uh, you did a Kickstarter. How did that pan out? The Kickstarter we how- did was actually Indiegogo. So I chose that because you get to keep what you get. And I was afraid I wouldn't raise it all. And I didn't. But it raised seventeen hundred of the budget, which we spent probably right. We're now we're looking at around it's almost seventeen thousand. So ten percent. Yeah, um, I still liked it as a promotional vehicle because I made a cool video and I think it got shared a lot and maybe that drove ticket sales, which is what I was looking to do too: was fill the room twice, three hundred seats mm-hmm. twice is hard to do when you don't have TV credits like I don't. You don't. I didn't even have Sirius at that point, so. Um, that was part of it. It was like, if I can get these people to give, and then we'll give tickets away, and we'll blah, 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 and it'll help market it. So I still am glad I did it, but, man, it, it I think it's like that idea is dying, the idea that, like, let's do a Kickstarter for this, unless it's something that really grabs people. It's like an, a new invention uh-huh. that they really want to get behind. Um, if it's like it, – I think it was clear from the outset I was going to do it, whether they gave or not. Right. And that – it's that almost takes, like tipping the bit. You know, they knew, they know what you're doing. Right. You know. Interesting. So. And then talk about timeline, expectations, and reality. 
Yeah, well, my timeline was complicated because I had friends who were doing it. I paid them good money, but they were still giving me a favor, kind of a price, which meant that I'd go to the back of their triage. You know, they, I go mm-hmm. down their list of to-dos. Um, the audio guy works with works for a, a comedy company that he produces a lot of content, and so it was like he immediately was on to the next thing for that guy. So I had to get it on like his 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 hour or two after work. He would mm-hmm. work on my stuff. So the audio took a while to get back. The video, same thing. I had to watch my own special like 25 times and help with some of the camera cuts because I know the rhythm. And the guy who was directing it, he was good. But it was just, I know you shouldn't have cut there. Yeah. I know this should be a close-up because look at my face. And it wasn't as obvious to him just because he's the first comedy special he had ever produced. Right. And so it forced me to kind of watch it again and again and again and again and look for it. And I had that's another thing Marty really helped. Like if you have a comedian that's okay with watching your stuff and giving you honest critique that knows his stuff and will be honest, that's a huge value. Because not a lot of people do that. I get given DVDs sometimes. I'm like, I'm another comedian. Like, I don't want to sit and watch a comedy DVD. But so if you have a friend that's like, if yeah. I send you this, will you tell me honestly, what does this look like to you? What would you fix? And they'll give you pages of notes. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's rare. So, and I had that, which was great. That's why I put Marty on the credits because I was like, I felt like he gave me a true value. Oh, yeah. Of a hired gun, you know? Yeah, he helped out in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, covering me for sure. Yeah. And then watching, I mean, I could watch your show once, but 25 times. Marty's a good friend. <laughs> 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 no, I was happy to be on it. And uh, so I'm on there the last 10 minutes or what is it? I can't remember if it was 10 or 15. Yeah, I, put, I ended up putting your set on there as uh, like a bonus feature. I really wanted uh because, you know, Tim did that for me. Tim Hawkins did that for me. And I thought, well, this is cool. And, I mean, not that you need my help, but it's like, hey, why, why not help? No, and I've, I've, I may have already seen that help uh, sell some CDs. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you after. Like, I got a, a weird CD order the other day from part That's of the great. country I've never been to. So, I don't know yeah. where they may have heard. So, maybe that was it. Um, and then, lastly, where can they get this DVD if they want to grab right. it? Right. The CD is on iTunes. As a, just If you want just to download the MP3s, it's on iTunes. Just search for Johnny W., and it's the only project that's on there now. And then uh, it's uh, it's on my website, johnnyw.com. If you buy it there, obviously, I get to keep more of the money. And you can get a hard copy, and I'll sign it. If you buy a hard copy of the DVD or the CD, I'll sign it before I send it out. So That's awesome. Now, Brian, you've got a CD at the audio. You've had... I think the same yep. audio master do yep. some wizardry on that, and how's that coming? Uh, it's coming coming along, getting close. Now we're just doing some of the graphic design on it, and uh, did a photo shoot for it uh, a week or two ago. So we're getting close. Hopefully in the next few weeks it'll be out. All right. Well, you make sure you let me know so I can let them know now sure. that people have heard you working on your next jokes for your next CD. That's right. You know, all these will come up on some next projects for us. So very cool. Well, thank you both. It's BrianBatesComedy.com. Yes. And JohnnyW.com if you want to check these guys out. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you can go to JohnnyW.com to check out his DVD if you'd like to support him through that. That's awesome. And Brian Bates' CD will be out in just a couple of weeks. Uh, really happy that these two former students are out there on the road doing their thing, getting better, putting out product, and making people laugh in their different ways and their different venues. So very cool stuff, guys. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, if you're in the Nashville area or you'd like to travel to it, I've got a Business of Comedy class coming up on September 18th. That is a Sunday, and I don't normally do a lot of things on Sunday, but that is the date that's going to work out this time around. That's from 1 to 4 p.m. out here at the School of Laughs headquarters in Hermitage, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. So even if you're within a couple, three hours, I guarantee you this afternoon will really help you focus in on what is important to focus on right now as you're beginning your journey or maybe you're 
been doing it for a while and you're not seeing the money you would like, we would talk all about that during that afternoon. Uh, you walk out with, I think, a 30 or 40 page workbook of next steps and things to think about as you pursue stand up. So it's a really good class for getting your head on straight and getting focused. And also, sometimes I think it's the best class to take first because you can get an inside look at what comedians make and how long it takes them to make that. And if that's not in your DNA, then boom, you can get out of this thing right now before it sucks you in for the rest of your life uh, like it has me. I love it, obviously, and I love helping people get better at it. So that is on the 18th of September, that Business of Comedy class. Again, the Google Hangout for Patreon supporters is on Saturday the 17th from 1 to 2. And uh, I guess I'm going to wrap up now just to let you know I appreciate it when I get an email or an iTunes review. And here's a quick email from Raylene who uh, has listened to the podcast. She says, once again, thank you. I'm now four months into stand-up. I've taken second place in two small competitions, made it to the top 42 out of 130 in another competition, and barely missed out being in the top 12 in another. I'm coming to Nashville pretty soon for a conference, and I'm going to pop into Zanies and get a set uh, during one of their shows, doing a five-minute set. So I just wanted to let you know how beneficial your podcast has been, and it's really given me a lot of info, and I just can't thank you enough. I will be a... I will be a contributor through Patreon. You're a true blessing, Raylene. Thank you, Raylene. Uh, I love getting emails like that. It keeps me fired up and focused as well. So if I'm in town when you're at Zany's, I will try to pop out right now. I've got a hold. We'll see if I end up getting the gig or not. If not, I'll be at your gig. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another great podcast. Uh, send in comments, questions anytime at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Stay safe out there and stay funny. For listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.